Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jacob Milham, here to uh, catch up on some of the limited but pretty significant news coming out of Coffin Stadium. But if you want to stay up to date on all things Kansas City Royals, please go check out RoyalsReview.com. You can also find Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. Now let's get into the news. The big news today broke by our own 610 Sports host, Bob Fesco, um, is that Zach Granke is coming back to Kansas City for one more year. It'll be his 20th season uh, in the MLB, and it'll be his second consecutive since he returned last season. Now, Zach Granke was kind of the missing piece this offseason. It seemed like it wasn't going to happen after, you know, I, I entered the offseason thinking it was going to be a given. Like, I thought it was going to be, hey, we'll give him some rest time to explore his options, and then we'll bring him back in. But it took a little bit longer, but the result is all the same. And then Mark Feinsand did confirm that it was a one-year deal with the Royals worth 8 to $10 million with performance bonuses on top of that. So if this is Granke's last go-around, it's a pretty good payday for him, I would say, especially entering his age 39 season. Now, let's kind of break this down a little bit. Again, it's just me on my own. No Max, none of the crew right now, so uh, please bear with me. But I think Granky is going to be the number two, if not the number one guy on this staff. Now, you're not getting shut down Granky of old. You're not getting Cy Young Granky. But you are still getting a reliable veteran with amazing control. One of the one of the best at limiting walks in Major League Baseball last year, and also limiting home runs. Uh, he faced 585 batters last season and only gave up. Let's see, what was it? 14 home runs. 14 home runs. That is, I I would take that. That's pretty good for that level of of play. And for his age as well. Now, if you put any stock into it, I will say that his zips projections and his steamer projections are not amazing, but solid. Something that you would expect from Granky at this age. Um, looking somewhere in the range of seven to eight wins in 2023 with an ERA of slightly above four. Not not terrible. Um, anywhere from 4.39 to 4.56, somewhere in there. Now, something that I will be watching as his season progresses 
is the fact that he is 118 strikeouts away from 3,000 career strikeouts. Now, I don't know. I don't know if Greinke's going to get to that. He did record 120 strikeouts in 171 innings of action in 2021, but his innings workload did drop in 2022 down to 137. Plus, on top of that, he just really didn't get a whole lot of swings and misses. He just didn't put a lot of guys down with the with the strikeout. He got a lot of soft contact, weak contact, and let the defensive infield of the Kansas City Royals work from there. So I'm I wouldn't bet on him reaching that career milestone. However, I think he's gonna get close. I think he'll get somewhere around man, what he get? I, I think he's gonna fall about 40 short. Um I, I'm hoping for more, but if Zach Greinke is seeing more innings, that could be a good or a bad thing for the Kansas City Royals. Who knows as we enter the 2023 season. Now, I will be coming out with a little bit more in-depth look about what fans can expect from Zach Greinke and his role in this rotation. I will say that it does make the battle for that fourth and fifth spot in the rotation a little bit more interesting. Um, I know you have to have Greinke and Singer in there as the number one and number two guys. And then with the amount they invested in Jordan Lyles, um, a multi-year deal of, you know, a little less than 20 million, but it's still substantial for the Kansas City Royals. I would peg him as the number three guy. And then I would give Daniel Lynch that number four spot, but there are plenty of ways you can go with that number five spot. And that might just be what the matchup is. Maybe it's Brad Keller in a opening role. Maybe it's Chris Bubich on a, on a whim, or you know what? Maybe Jonathan Heasley shows out in spring training and comes out when that number five spot, that'll have to be something that we watch very, very closely during spring training. And you got to think about it. Spring training is less than one month away. It is coming up very, very quickly. And I am very excited, but we have more reason for you to get excited over at Royals, RoyalsReview.com. I was about to drop my uh, another URL. Excuse me there. But a, l- a lot of good things. Um, former, not former, but someone who's on the podcast a lot, Jeremy Greco. He had a very, very thought-provoking article after J.J. Polo talked about, hey, we're, we're looking at competing in 2024. And I, I saw a lot of good discussion in the comments there. That is one reason why you want to go check out RoyalsReview.com. It is very much a community. A lot of Royals fans, you know, given their takes and pretty candidly about it. So that is one reason that I fell in love with RoyalsReview.com myself. And of course, you also get that community on Twitter and on Facebook. So please go check them out. On a little bit of a somber note, do want to wish our condolences to the family of John Adams. Um, Mr. John was a icon to the Cleveland Guardians slash Cleveland Indians family. Um, you might have you might have seen him before on videos. You might have even heard him if you had gone to a Cleveland home game. Um, he was known for buying a bass drum and taking it to each one of his games. And I think he was there for 48 years. It was 
he was a he took his drum to games and stuff like that. And over 48 years, he only missed 45 Indians home games. So he was he was a staple. He's got a plaque up in their stadium right now. But um, unfortunately, he gets passed away. So my condolences to the Guardians family and to Mr. John's family himself. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Now, looking at today's Royals rumblings, um, I'll, I'll have to say it started off with a subject that is near and dear to my heart. And something that I'm sure I am going to ruffle some feathers with, even with my own Royals Review crew here. Um, the leadoff article was Kevin O'Brien, the Royals reporter, and he put together a very good piece talking about how the Royals kind of have this excess of talent at the shortstop position. Now, you want all the talented folks you can get at any level of professional sports, but this creates, as he puts it, a logjam, primarily because the organization has doubled down on the fact that Bobby Witt Jr. is the shortstop of 2023 and beyond. Meanwhile, you look at it from a lens outside of the organization, and Bobby Witt Jr. very much struggled for most of 2022 defensively at shortstop. Now, he has some amazing plays. We're all going to remember the... The jump throws, we're going to remember the, the quick the quick jumps and things like that. But at, at the end of the day, for a whole season, he just did not perform well defensively there. So, even last year, I have very much been a proponent of the fact that Bobby Witt Jr. should explore moving to third base. There's not really a up-and-coming prospect for the Royals at third base right now. And while his defense at third base was not amazing, it was still much better than his defense at shortstop. And plus, that gets the Royals' number three prospect, Michael Garcia, a starting opportunity in Kauffman Stadium. So I I would love to get your thoughts. Uh, you could tag me on Twitter at jmildeham. You can share the podcast and give me your give me your comments. But at the end of the day, Garcia has absolutely lit up the Winter League down in Venezuela. And that has a lot of major league talent in there. It's not it's, it's not a bad league by any stretch. And he's absolutely lit it on fire. And he's done it at the plate and he's done it in the field. So I think that if you want to get the most out of these young pitchers for the Royals, you have to give them a solid defense behind them. Now, the defense 
let's look, let's paint this picture right here. Let's say Bobby Wood Jr. stays your shortstop, right? So who are you going to put at third base? Maybe it's not Nicky Lopez. You know, maybe that's where Hunter Dozier starts. And we all know how bad Hunter Dozier is at the hot corner. And meanwhile, you might have Michael Massey, a former minor league gold glove winner at second base. And then one of Vinny Pasquantino and Nick Prado at first base, both good defensive first baseman in their own right. But you're telling me that you're not going to maximize the defensive potential of that infield by putting Michael Garcia at shortstop and sliding Bobby Wood Jr. over the third base. I don't know. I, I understand the argument that it just doesn't happen overnight, but I will say we have seen some wasted years of former prospects. I think of Alex Gordon from the Royals putting off the position change that made the most of their individual talents. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe Max would uh, would give me a logic check if <laughs> if he was on with me right now. But hey, that's what happens when it's just me talking into a microphone. And one more transaction piece to note is the fact that if the Royals are signing Zach Greinke to another one-year deal, they're going to have to clear off a spot on the 40-man roster for him. There are a lot of solid options in the bullpen that the Royals could move away to clear that spot for Zach Greinke. But I would love to know, who do you think the Royals are going to designate for assignment to make room for Zach Greinke? Is it is it going to be one of these veteran relievers? Is it going to be someone completely out of left field? Unintended. Let me know on Twitter at jmildeham, or you can go and comment on my article on royalsreview.com with this podcast. But that is going to do it for me on Royals Review Radio tonight. Again, I am Jake Milham. You can find me on Twitter. You can find all the me, all of my, and the crew's work at RoyalsReview.com and Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. If you're not already following, you're missing out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie to you, would I? But to all the listeners out there, thank you very much for your support. And until next time, go Royals! <laughs>